Hello, friend. Welcome to the Watery Desho podcast. We are so happy to have the pleasure of your company. If this is your first time listening, sit back, relax. We hope you enjoy. If you are coming back because you enjoy our content and you'd like to support us, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Desho. We've got all kinds of fun rewards and bonus content like early access, Discord roles, additional audio and video content, all in three budget-friendly tiers. If you're not able to support us financially, no biggie. We totally understand. If you'd like to help us out uh, for free, you can always give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, which helps our discoverability. You can follow us on SoundCloud, on Twitter, at WaterWeDesho. You can always send us an email at WaterWeDesho at gmail.com if you want to correspond with us. We may not get to read every correspondence on the show, but I can promise you that we do read and try to respond to every single one because we do love our community, which we hope you'll be a part of. Thank you for your kind attention, friend. And without further ado, let's get to the show. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and MPs. Welcome to Warrior Death Show's Stream of Thought. I am Shaden. Uh, joining me as always from across the pond, but forever close to my heart, is the Soul Doctor. We're back to cover more Vinland Saga. Uh, this week's episode being episode 11, if I'm not mistaken, The Gamble. Uh, not The Gamble, unfortunately, which is a song, if I'm not mistaken, by Kay Longins. Uh, I could be wrong on that one, but hey. Although, I've got to say, like, you know, the actual gamble of this episode, I mean, I think the uh, the better message would have been don't start forest fires, you know? Yeah, only only you, only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> uh, I could totally imagine Forkel doing that in the uh, mask outfit. What was it? What was the name of the bear again? I can't remember his name. Smokey. Smokey the bear. There we go, yeah. <laughs> Forkel would make a great Smokey the bear saying, don't, you know, only you can prevent forest fires. Especially, you know, if you're trying to do it to actually, you know, murder a bunch of people as well. Fuck you think, yeah. like, Bjorn just did a a full-on, like, slow-motion dive onto a bed of mushrooms? And it's like, <laughs> no! Like, keep the flame back <laughs> from my babies! <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, right? Every, in this episode, like, many different people are like, what's that smell? It smells weird. And so... yeah. You know, you've got like, you know, Farkel like, that's burning. Someone else saying, no, nah, I don't smell it. If it smells like piss or whatever, you know, someone says it smells like beer. And then in the distance, they just hear this like great cry of pain and all the birds that haven't already left due to the smoke just fly away. And then dogs start barking. And it's, it's Bjorn's like battle cry over his mushrooms being destroyed. He's very, very upset about it. I'm sorry, I'm distracted. I just saw on Twitter the picture you posted of that spider <laughs> minus one leg. Holy shit, dude. That thing, it looks like the size of a large fruit. <laughs> it looks I, I, enormous. I, I, the, the thing I didn't follow up by pointing out is after I took that picture, I went back to find him so I could like put him in a you know piece of paper in a glass, and he's gone. So uh, I'm <laughs> going to get the fuck out of there. Uh, so I'm going to rely, you know, on people at home here watching. If you start seeing like something on the back of my chair here, uh, 
Oh man, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll keep a lookout. <laughs> I'm, to- I'm totally cool with that, by the way. Like, I'm cool with spiders in general. Like, other insects can piss the fuck off and get out of my house. But spiders, you know, they're the bouncers of the insect world. They keep others out. They eat them alive. Indeed. And that dude's definitely seen some action. I'll say that much. He's he's eaten his fair share. He is the fall kill of spiders. Yes, because he's missing a, a key <laughs> yeah, he's digit. Like, he's missing a key <laughs> digit. Definitely. There you he go. just like intimidates and, and just laughs and has an awful grin on his face. He does the most amazing faces, including... I've got to say, by the way, this episode gives us more great fall kill faces, including his own version of... Um, You've surely seen the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yes. Do you yes. remember the amazing many, many pose that gets turned into a gift where he's just there like, it's like, tell me more. Tell me more. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's for Kel yeah. in one of these scenes when uh, when he's yeah. arguing Ragnar on the uh, on the coach ride. And it's just this incredible. What, this, yeah. As well as, <laughs> I know. I'm going to I'm gonna have to try and replicate this while I'm here because I've got a smushy face. And, you know, when you've got a smushy face, you've got to try and say, go to this. That's the four Kel face right the there. Lips. That's the four Kel face right there. He was he's... so good. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, we'll get to the episode in a moment. Oh. Uh, but yes, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the gambler. Uh, we do have polls from the previous episode as well as a bit of background on the episode directs and such to be covered now. So, Doc, have you got those handy? I do. I do. The polls from last week for episode 10, Ragnoroku. Ragnoroku. Uh, this episode is not uh, just, you know, a a, a a word pronounced in Japanese. It's actually, it's kake, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And and for those who have seen the incredible Gamble Girl High School show, Kake Garui, mm-hmm. will see the common root. You know, it's about gambling ladies, and so kake clearly means gamble. So hence you have gamble being the episode title. So, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, etymology and such like aside, uh, the polls from last week, the Ragnarok episode. Poll number one, in your opinion, what is the closest approximation of Thorkel's expression at learning of Prince Canute's being present? Uh, so we have a tie. <laughs> uh, we, we have a tie between... Um, Dick Dastardly and Olive Garden Breadsticks. No, no, <laughs> no. We, we, we can combine these into one answer, which is Dick Dastardly eating Olive Garden Breadsticks. That, yes, that's incredible. I feel like that's the one. Yeah, that uh, would. Uh, things that have never happened or mm-hmm. been combined before in the world of pop culture or, you know, pop fiction, you know, and fan synthesis. But we're breaking new ground here at Warrior Death Show, folks. Exactly. We're some crazy shit. We, we're nothing if not pioneers who do everything completely originally mm-hmm. you can put that on this podcast tombstone and you would be a liar uh so next poll does Vinland saga suggest that personal or societal cycles can be broken or is the grinding wheel of decline and ascendancy inescapable that was a lovely and you know uplifting poll <laughs> uh and i was having a bad day the language is such that i don't so it's a yes or no poll response. Uh, or can you break out or can you not? I see. Okay, so yes, can it be broken? 69% nice. nice. I'm glad we did that. Of the audience uh, says yes, it can be broken. 
Uh, and then we have the, the remaining 31% of our audience uh, pessimists uh, who I have a lot of sympathy uh, with uh, believe that in, in sort of historical determinism, uh, they're, they're Nietzscheans, I guess. They're all about their, the eternal return of the same. Um, <laughs> so next poll, should Thorfinn have killed Askeladd by now? Codes of honor and rights of combat be damned. Uh, and oh, it was so close to being another 69%, 68% said no. Thorfinn should not have killed them by now. Many people are so. more paragon than I expected. Like I'm I'm you know, <laughs> I'm I'm you know the guy with the great morality here. Like, you know, like sometimes you gotta just hurt a motherfucker for the greater good. But clearly people are much better than me, and that's good, by the way. That is a good thing. And those are the polls. From Thank last you very much for taking part in that. Yes, and there will be uh, additional polls. Um, oh, there was the picture again. I uh, clicked home and the spider greeted me once again. Uh, but no, as long as you're not greasy me. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, so if you want to vote in these polls, at Waterway Death Show is the Twitter account you can go to. Also in our Twitch chat, uh, links to the polls will be provided. So, um, creatives, uh, we've got our usual duo of writers for this episode who will forevermore, I feel like, be working uh, on this, uh, Kenta Ihara and Hiroshi Seko, and we've got a single director, we're back to one person in the director's chair, I suppose it was a touch crowded to fit two last week, so Shigatsu Yoshikawa is the episode director for mm-hmm. this episode. And um, he has been a, an episode director uh, a handful of times. He's got um, some experience doing, let's see. Oh, your, your most favorite anime of all time, Shadon. Mm. Uh, once again, they keep they keep coming up. Uh, Aka 13 uh, directed, like, <laughs> right. directed the sixth episode of that. Man, I... <laughs> Look, right, we need to do some kind of postmortem of that one day. No, it, no, <laughs> no. It, it nearly it put me to sleep. I don't want to put anyone else like you know to sleep. Not talking about it. Like, how can I talk about um, showing which literally nothing happens? I mean, well, say what you um, say what you will about Pete, Keegan, but at least Kobe it was... did it for weeks. Heyo, <laughs> Chelsea he, Peter. I love I Pete love is, Peter he, and his work. Cool. He probably yeah. he, he did better than me then because I watched that entire show from start to end and the moment it was over I was like, well that was a fat load of nothing. It was like eating ricicles or rice pops without any milk. It's just hmm. like what? Why? Why would you do that? Uh, although I did have a mauve in an amazing mauve dress at least at one point, so you know there was at least one bright spot in all of it, but the rest of it was just yeah, yeah, come on. Log? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, no, it's not the worst show I've seen by a long shot. It's just non-existent. I don't think it technically exists. It's like Schrodinger's anime. <laughs> it does seem like uh, you, you feel it's a bunch of empty calories, which is appropriate given yeah. that show is very loving about food, right? It's very yeah. it depicts food in a very detailed way. Well, it ain't it ain't any of the shit shows we've watched, which we're all collectively like eating rat poison. So hey, you know what? I'll take empty calories over that. Yeah, yeah. Give me a rice patty. Uh, over unleavened, unleavened bread. You don't even get the yeah. wine with it. 
<laughs> oh, that, that's a nice segue onto the Christianity elements that we're going to discuss in this episode. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> oh, the leavening. Nice one. Good one. Put a pin in that, as you although said. I, although, although, although I think, uh, you know, in, as far as Finland's side was concerned, Christians only care about one thing, and that would be booze, glorious booze. <laughs> they, you're going to convert now, now that you know the real story. That it's all about all about the I, wine and I the spirits, found, have, so to have, speak. I have found the kingdom of heaven. It's uh, 6.9% and costs £3.80 a bottle. <laughs> oh, man, it's fiery. Uh, so he's also got uh, Yoshikawa being the he in question. Uh, directed three episodes of Cells at Work, which I think was a really well-received recent adaptation of a manga of the same name. Got an episode of Death Parade, a very critically acclaimed work uh, that was uh, originally like a, an anime short uh, a few years ago in the the Future Animators Project. I believe at that time it was called Mirai Anime. It's changed. The name of it has changed a bunch of times, but um, mm. it was called Death Billiards, the short, and it's really good. And they Death took Billiards. that concept. Death Billiards. It's amazing. It's what basically like, um, oh, you would love it. You would love it because it's a, it's very short, first of all, and then it's just about uh, these folks that have died, but they don't really, I don't, I don't think, according to my memory, know that they have died. And the sort of waiting parlor to the afterlife is kind of a bar with a billiard table. And so it's Ooh. about their interactions with uh, this sort of eternal waiting like barkeep and billiard player. And then they get, you know, then they go on their way. And Sounds like it's really cross- cool. It sounds like a cross between No Exit and uh, a game of pool from the Twilight Zone, both of which are yeah. excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, no Exit, the Sartre play, you mean? No, uh, the... Oh, the Star Trek. Sorry, I'm going to say Star Trek for some reason. I'm no. sure they've covered No Exit in some form or another <laughs> at some point. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no, you are correct, yes. Okay. I haven't seen that play, but I would really like to. Um, but yeah, they turned that into a TV series called Death Parade, and... Uh, Yoshikawa directed an episode of that. Uh, we've got work on um, oh the unfortunate sequel to Last Exile, Fan the Silver Wing, but it was produced quite well, I think, and and he's on production advancement and setting production. So uh, Monster Hunter Stories, a number of episodes directed of that, um, and a show that I really desperately wanted to like but could not find myself couldn't find the ability to really get excited about it. Lagrange, the flower of Rene part two. Um, that's a show that starts promising. It starts with one robot suplexing another. And you're like, yes. What I'm more in. do you need? What more do you want? But it, it, it does not maintain for me anyway, the, uh, the excitement established early on. Well, but yeah, um, that's, that's, that's the problem. Though. When you get, when you get a show, which starts with a robot being suplexed, you might argue they went in a bit too hard and set expectations too high. Yeah. Like, how do you follow sure. that up? Sure. If, you're, if you, you're not trigger, then you're going to have a hard time doing that. You're peaking early. Honest. Mm-hmm. You're peaking early. It's true. It's true. Um. <laughs> oh, Sophie just... Sophie's talking about your head in the chat. Uh, hello, well, Sophie. I, re- I recently shaved, actually. I think Doc's like, you know, if he went bald, now he would look like the friar, actually. Oh. You know what? Uh, you know I'm right. <laughs> you know I'm right. Uh, yeah. A bigger robot suplex. Yeah, that's exactly what Trigger would do, Theowulf. He would just sort of 
be a conga line of increasingly larger robots suplexing one another. One of them gets suplexed um, into a black hole because why not? <laughs> yes, exactly. This is I'm pretty sure this is on the cutting room floor of uh, a Gurren Lagan episode. <laughs> but uh, but we should dally no more and we should get to uh, a gamble. Vinland Saga episode 11. All right, then. Well, I'll take it away by talking about the plot then. So, last time on Vinland Saga, uh, Prince Canute, uh, he didn't give a hoot. He did pol- He did not pollute. Aww. Sorry, had to get it out of the way. Had to get out of the way. Uh, but unfortunately, he has indeed been captured by Farkel. And also, it's now autumn, uh, which will be important, by the way. Keep that in mind, bearing also what we've discussed previously about Ragnarok and Cycles. Uh, I'm guessing mm. that, you know, Vinland Saga also was thinking stuff. You know what I liked about Given? I like the season stuff. I'm going to include that. I'm sure that'll be relevant. Um, but yeah, Farkel's just enjoying, you know, like a cozy little ride through like this woodland path. And everyone's having a nice good chat about like getting something to eat. Like, you know, I want beer. I want cheese. I want this and that. One of the guys says, that, hey, I got used to English beer in the end. And I'll tell you this for free. Had I read Vinland Saga when it came out in 2013, I said he was chatting shit. Because English beer all around is crap. But that was before micro-brewing and, like, you know, more niche and specialist brewing came about, which has been a wonderful revolution, I will say that much. Like, I love that kind of shit. Uh, But if you said to me, hey, you know, Carlsberg said it's the best beer in the world, I'll say, you're talking bollocks, mate. (laughs) Carlsberg's goat piss. (laughs) It's bad. I'm Listen, as a Liverpool fan, for many years, for many years, I would (laughs) be like, well... I guess I'll wear this merchandise around that has the Carlsberg logo on it, even though I hate Carlsberg. I was so happy when they changed sponsors. <laughs> I was like, I don't really care if this is like a foreign bank and it's probably nefarious or, or up to some shit. It's not Carlsberg. <laughs> I'm, I'm so yeah. happy we're, we're the standard chartered logo now <laughs> instead of that fucking awful beer. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the topic also discerns to Christianity, and one of the uh, one of Paul Kell's men that is mentions about Jesus and how Jesus is a wuss and like you know he's lame and his magic is right. crap. And but they neglect, of course, to mention the fact that Jesus also turned water into wine, which you think that as raging alcoholics they would all be really into. But I'm guessing that bit must have slipped them by. So. They do mention it actually. Uh, they, they they make fun of it. yeah. Well, they say um. They say the fish is fake, but I don't remember the saying the... Oh, uh, okay, so they don't mention that. I thought that they said he turned water into wine and uh, made more bread. But yeah, it's like, ah, oh, parlor tricks. But they might not have mentioned the wine. That could have been just me. I uh, think I think they admitted that. I could be wrong, but again, like, you know, one way or the other, that I think would be quite the perk, you know? They left it out of the British subtitle, Shadon. You, get, you got your own subtitles over there in the UK. <laughs> That we don't get in the U.S. Oh, I could get them. I could watch the U.K. version. I bet it's the only difference is like when, you know, Thorkel's like, oi, like in the U.K. version, it says oi. And in the <laughs> U.S. version, it says hey. <laughs> I bet that's like the only difference. So Thorkel uh, decides to ask Canute, uh, who is on a car behind him, what he thinks Christianity, and Ragnar pipes up and starts giving him shit. Uh Farkel reveals that he's basically done this because he's going to do the Vikings' first ever Notice Me Senpai with King Seiwa. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that. That's exactly what I thought. Is that exactly what it is? He's like, I just want to notice me. And I'm like, Farkel, you're like eight foot tall. You weigh 400 pounds. You're made of solid beef. How could you not be noticed? Uh, but this is also where the amazing expressions can be like, smooshy face, which is great. 
And of course, uh, the incredible, tell me more, Ragnar. I'm so <laughs> fascinated by you. <laughs> the Willy Wonka meme. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Said, so yeah. this leads into a discussion where Farkel reveals that the reason he's doing all this is because he wants to go to Valhalla. And Valhalla, for the uninitiated, is, uh, well, it's a ride at Alton Towers, if I recall correctly, but uh, the actual Valhalla in mythology uh, is... Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, it's, it's a great bar. Like, we've talked about bars before, and mm-hmm. I would go to Valhalla if it was a place. Uh, but anyway, uh, in mythology, it is the afterlife of Viking warriors, where you go and you fight all day and feast and drink all night, basically. Which sounds like a pretty good deal, I would argue. You know, consequence-free warfare, you can go, you know, get liquored up every evening and start again. It just basically sounds like, you know, your average London night out, just repeated all over with no consequences. Sweet! That's a dud deal. Um, And this is the point where Ragnar says that he's very old-fashioned. Like, you know, what are you chatting nonsense about before, Kelly? You're just a child. And I will give Ragnar some credit in that Forkel does indeed have a very, like, goofy nature to him. But he knows what he wants. He's got his eye on the prize, and he's certainly not incompetent nor stupid. Um, but anyway, never mind that, though. This is the point where we meet, uh, you know, Friar Tuck, who's, you know, several centuries too early, but maybe it was his ancestor or something, uh, you know, calling out for, you know, the gift of God to come on him, you know, the, bl- the blood of the kings and all that, which is basically he just wants to get more beer. Uh, so, hey, you know, like I say, maybe this is the guy who invented Bookfast. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. So, uh do do you think he is like legit um how do I say this tactfully? Um uh do you do you think he is, you know, that that he is disturbed that he has like uh issues like mental health situation or do you think this really is just like a Oh my god, I'm sober. If if I do this, um, I'm gonna assume that it is the latter, if all because he doesn't, he's not constantly acting out. Um, I think it's just more comic relief that it's intended for at this particular point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this show's general view of Christians thus far has been in order: target practice, mute, and raging alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, if you were actually were a very devout, pious Christian, like watching this show, you might take a little bit of offense at it. I would argue. Well, not that not that I really care to be quite honest. I'm only buying that out for because it abuses me. I well, I think that you know, you probably shouldn't just because this is probably how you know, like when missionaries, Christian missionaries, sort of started spreading and people started converting and the religion was really kind of um just ho- sort of taking root and the like ordinary people didn't really know what to make of it um this is probably sort of a lot of what happened people like their exposure to it was you know crucifixes and what they heard as rumors you know i mean like if i was to ask you about uh some random i don't know like what do jehovah's witnesses think i mean you might say some things that were part true and part not exactly true because like we just don't know you know um so i think people should not be offended by this depiction nah. i don't think it's i it's, you know i don't care anyway i say i only bring it up because i find it funny because that is just yeah. intentional uh, right. but anyway um so 
As they're travelling along, however, Forkel's, like, you know, a spider sense seems to go off, and he calls the uh, carriage uh, or the convoy to stop because he reckons there's an ambush. And he takes a spear in his hand, and in one of the most impressive, like, you know, javelin swings ever, manages to impale a guy who is waiting to ambush him over the ridge, having seen nothing. Like, this is the point where Forkel graduates from being, like, a regular badass to being a Metal Gear Solid boss. Like, seriously. Holy shit. I, With I some long-distance loving. I know. Right I wish... I, I mean, I just wish that there'd been a scene afterwards of someone holding up signs like 9.7. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, anyway... Uh, me, Lord. <laughs> so, this is, uh, say, like, the king's forces again. Like, it's two, he says there's 2,000 strong waiting on this hill to ambush them, and they want... He wants Falkel to release Canute, Ragnar, and his entourage immediately. And Falkel's like, cool story, bro. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, Here, you can have because, him. Yeah, go on. Here you go. Have him. Uh, because, <laughs> and to be fair to Falkel, like, I love this fucking guy, by the way. I can't even lie. Like, I know I shouldn't really, if I'm being quite... Oh, warm. come on. Because, I mean, this is the era that they live in, and like, you know... They do all sorts of nasty shit. Well, again, Falkel's only really been defending English territory. So, anyway, anyway, anyway. Point being, like, <laughs> he makes the point that, oh, did you think, you, you know, I wanted, I wanted to get into Valhalla, so I thought I'd make it a little harder for myself, because now you don't have to hold back. Now there's no hostage anymore. Come at me, motherfuckers. Come at me, bros. Uh, and <laughs> so one of the warriors, like, like nameless redshirt dude, uh, he's like really, really pissed off mm-hmm. uh, that Falkel's taunting them. But Ragnar's like sensible for once, although it doesn't last very long in this episode, regrettably. Uh, he says, Look, calm your tits, chill the fuck out, we're just going to leave. Uh, but that doesn't actually end up happening. A fight breaks out, uh, which will be important for something I'll discuss later. Uh, so. Battle is joined. Uh, Forkel disappears and turns invisible during the CG, like running together of the two armies. And I don't know if that was intentional or not, because I looked all the way Dude. through that to find him. Uh, yeah, the CG continues to be a bit spotty in this show. I will say that much. But then again, I don't it, think it, you could have adequately like done Forkel in a you know CG. It looks like um, you know, on like the History Channel when they do those simulated battles when they just <laughs> use like. Age of Empires or whatever, and it's just like <laughs> this. This was made you know. with a Rome Total War mod. It really was. <laughs> exactly. It, it looked exactly like the camera was positioned in such a way. It was like this is just an RTS battle happening right here. That's all it is. Indeed. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, over at Asgard's camp against Smokey Bjorn's vo- uh, advice. Yes, I just made that joke. Uh, they decide to set fire to the forest because. That way it will cause mass confusion and chaos, and they can then go and, you know, rescue the prince with little difficulty. Uh, so, you know, mushrooms be mourned and all that. The forest is now set on fire. Uh, Forkel noticing in the distance that there's smoke coming. Uh, the fire, by the way, will be important later uh, for something else I'll discuss, so put another pin in that. But yeah, everything's going completely to pot. The forest is ablaze, there's smoke everywhere, no one can see shit. Uh, and this is the point where Forkel is sent... Uh, sorry, not Forkel, I'm sorry talking nonsense Thorfinn is sent in to go and rescue the prince uh, after being doused in water although Asklad you know decided to leave the uh, asbestos coat cloak behind that he otherwise would have given him because I mean I think at this point like what else does Asklad realistically ask Thorfinn to do 
that will get him killed. Fucking, you know, like, fight the Nemean lion or some shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you don't think, you don't think he just trusts him? You think, do you think he's, like, trying to get him killed? Well, I think it might be a bit of column A and a bit of column B, possibly. Hmm. But I think that if he does trust him, he would never admit that openly to anyone because that might, show, you know, it'd be embarrassing for him. But anyway, uh, indeed, uh, Thorfinn is sent off to go rescue the prince. And he does end up finding them uh, and intervenes with his horse set on fire. Nice one. Although, there again, mm-hmm. maybe, it was a, maybe it was a rapidash and he just forgot to capture with a Pokeball. Who can say? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, if only I had the sound effects board still here. <laughs> You'd be getting booed. <laughs> Um, this all by the way is after um, Ragnar decides you know to start yelling out where the prince is because of all the smoke not knowing of course that uh, you know Varkel's men are going to find him and kill him so nice one Ragnar that one guy you know he's like Ragnar is like why why did you swing your sword at me when you didn't even see who I was you should call out first and then those people are like, yo, Ragnar, Prince. And he's like, oh, here we are. We're here. We're right here. And he's like, Ragnar's like, you see, that's yeah. how it's done. He has its stab. <laughs> I, I mean, Ragnar just unfortunately left his giant knee and sign saying Prince Canute here. I know. You, know? <laughs> you really you... have like a air traffic controller. This way, folks. Yeah. This way with the bright cones. <laughs> so, um, Thorfinn arrives and puts himself between the prince's party and the attacking men of Thorkel. Uh, the first guy comes up thinking he's all that, and Thorfinn, you know, demonstrates his ability to do some Phantom Requiem of the Phantom shit by sidestepping an axe. Yeah, I'm mentioning that piece of shit again, sorry. Uh, How and, dare you? Yeah. And, <laughs> How dare uh, Yep. Yeah. And, you know, he decides to plug the guy right in the neck. So, one down, 20 to go. I think he could probably take him. Um... But this is the point where Farkel arrives, uh, and he's like, "Yo, it's been a while, man. How you doing? You look the fingers great. are gone. The, it was a yeah. mistake last week. They are no, still I think, gone. I, I, think, I think they were gone last time, but I don't think like the, the the length of them is even between shots. So sometimes from a distance it looks like they're full length, sometimes they're not. But they did get maybe, the scar right. Maybe he was just wearing a glove. Also, maybe he's got this fin blob. Maybe Farkel really likes knitting. Who can say?" <laughs> <laughs> Imagine there with giant treats from like knitting needles. <laughs> that needs to happen. That's a uh, that that has to be a, uh, a how do you call it? Um, uh, a doujin or some sort of side manga. <laughs> For Farkel knits a giant tea cozy. It really wouldn't surprise me. But uh, yeah, after you know complimenting Forth and having lost some weight, looking great, you know, and all that. Uh, he asked him two things. Firstly, if he started, the, you know, if he started the fire, and you know, fourth in response, we didn't start the fire. We, so, we really <laughs> did. God. Oh yeah. How, but they how should could just I not? How could reenact I not? the music video? <laughs> oh God. Has this always been burning since the world's been turning? Since indeed, indeed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then the second question is: Are you actually uh, the son of Thor's? And this is the point where Thorkel drops info that he, of course, would know because he's her uncle. He drops uh, Thorfinn's mother's name, Helga. Uh, was it Ilva or Helga? I keep getting the two mixed up. It's it been is a while Helga. Since we've seen it. It is mm-hmm. Helga. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and, Thor- and Thorfinn's like, what? Really? 
How do you know that? Uh, but unfortunately, the forest fire is a bit of a prick and decides to, you know, uh, interrupt this uh, potential moments of character drama and revelation. Uh, so forth, Kel's like, you know, Bro, hit me up on Facebook. We'll catch up later. Send me a friend invite. <laughs> oh. oh, I hate yeah. this. <laughs> Come on. You know, if this was set in modern times, he would totally be doing that. You say, look, check out my LinkedIn profile. It's got mass murder as my, as my job title. Look, Mercenary for I'll hire. S- I'll send you this file. Just DM me later. You can have it for now. But we need to have a private chat. Can you imagine Farkel's Instagram? And all the faces uh, he makes on it and all the selfies? <laughs> just like <laughs> holding up body parts of people he's killed. You know, with it's, a grin he, on his he'll, face. He'll make, he'll, make, he'll make really bad, like, cheesy, like, captures go as well. Like, well, I guess this battle cost this guy an arm and a leg. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really would. He yeah, really have, would. like, uh, time lapse of him just, like, mowing through uh, an entire battalion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Thorfinn meets back with Askeladd, having brought the prince, Ragnar, and uh, Father Booze with him. And... Askeladd, you know, is thanks by Ragnar after a little bit of condescension firstly. Askeladd says, I'd like to see upon the prince's face, which to me, like, I'm sure this revelation, like, of him being really handsome was meant to be quite profound. But all I could think to myself was, well, it's that scene in uh, Batman and Robin where Batgirl's got, like, the domino mask on and no one can recognize her. And I'm like, (laughs) you can already see most of his face. Like, come on. Come on, guys. Uh, But yeah, like, the episode ends with Canute taking uh, his helmet off. Still hasn't said a damn thing at this point. He's basically turned into the Maggie Simpson of this particular series. Okay. Uh, um, you have to enlighten me as a as a not avid Simpsons devotee. Well, well, it's a running gag that whenever they do like alternate history episodes or like t- like future episodes of Simpsons where Maggie's grown up, she never speaks. Hmm. Every time she even tries to speak, uh, like something interrupts. Okay. Interesting. It's a running gag. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Or maybe she, or maybe, you know, uh, Canute is just trying to be, you know, as cool as Neo from Ruby. I don't fucking know. I mean, you know, hey, the saves on voice. lost on me. Saves on voice <laughs> acting, you know. Yep. Yep. It's a, an Canute, economical measure. Canute's voiced by Sir, Sir Not Appearing in this recording booth. <laughs> is, is, uh, is, is he or she related to that one lady from episode eight who befriended Thorfinn, who was highborn despite being Ooh. a servant. Stay they tuned. They look kind of the, they look the same. I feel like they must be related. Well, Thorkel and Thorfinn are related and you wouldn't have initially made that connection necessarily until you pieced together the family tree. Who knows? Who knows? Everyone who be related. Up, everyone be related <laughs> up in this bitch. <laughs> It, it's tr- it's true, it's true. But yeah, that's the plot essentially of the gamble. In the indeed, the gamble has paid off, uh, despite the odds of facing Forkel alone and all of his men. Askeladd's group through subterfuge, you know, burning the whole forest down, do manage to actually aim back. There's actually one other scene that I neglected to mention uh, before uh, Forfin reunites with Askeladd, which is that two soldiers, one from Forkel's side and one from Ragnar's side, after the smoke clears are actually together, like, talking to each other very briefly, not realising who they are, 
Uh, and then they realize once they yell out for their respective leaders that they're, you know, enemies. Uh, and then they're all mowed down, of course, by Asgard's archers turning them into pincushions. Uh, that's going to be very important for a talking point I have in just a moment. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, that's the plot. Canute has been rescued. Mission accomplished. Achievement unlocks. Canute saved. Check. <laughs> well, you know, you know how escort quests go. They're always a bit shit, to be honest. Good thing. <laughs> they're got, I mean, I, I, I mean, Thorfinn made the sensible move to wait for the fire to burn out, you know, before trying to lead him through that. So that was a good, good time. Good time. Oh man, that. You just made me re- like remember the shit one in uh, near Automata, fucking oh, escort quest. Oh god, yeah, I remember that to one. Fail over and over. I remember that one, and and how awful you felt as well when you had to go report yeah. back to it's that robot's to, to that robot's mother. Oh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. your your child like got devoured by like twenty other machines. It's and that quest was jank as fuck because it, the level yep. requirement was completely out of whack. Uh, but anyway, maybe that was the point, though. Because uh, yeah, that's near I think o- so. That's near Automata for you. Like, whenever something horrible happens, there's Yoko Taro's just there tapping you on your shoulder, and he's like, the world is cruel sometimes. To be or thanks, not to be. That is thanks, the moon, moon-faced guy, for your uh, needless I like to, reminder. I like to imagine that every time Yoko Taro takes off that helmet, it's just another one underneath him repeats infinitely. <laughs> Yeah, a matryoshka doll of moon helmets. Yes, until yes. until it's just the size of a ball bearing <laughs> on a on a big neck. <laughs> I don't I don't believe for a moment he's actually human. And he has anyway. like a really tiny voice. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Yoko Taro. I'm actually speaking in public. This, this is the sound of my voice. Uh, incidentally, real? folks, although uh, Doctor announced it, that that is his Viking voice for this episode. It's me, the Viking. Here I am. I'm rolling about. And I got my, you know, I got my bitches on my left. I got my bros. I got my boos. I got these horns to poke you. Poke your eyeball out if you're not careful. You're sounding like Redneck Gollum after he's huffed lead-based paint. <laughs> it's That's sort impressive. of a, are, are you familiar with um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force? I know of it, but I've not listened or watched, this sorry, is, watched it. Right the, the inspiration for this is, uh, is, meat, is the meat world. He's a little <laughs> meatball guy who... Uh, is pretty dumb in a hilarious way. But that's the inspiration for that one. That one I did, I have to confess, I, at no point did I really think that was a Viking. Unless, mm. as Andy says, it's a Viking from another planet. Marvin the Martian, perhaps, who can say? There you never even, Vikings? Who, who's to say that they're, uh, uh, we, that the Earth has exclusive claim on the Viking? You know? I mean, for, for all I know, you, you know, you go to Valhalla, and when you get there, you see some of the people are green or multi-headed. And you're like, what the fuck, Odin? And Odin's like, did you think that Earth was the only planet, fool? And then you just eat a lot of turkey. And that's kind of, <laughs> that's it. Until Ragnarok, where you die. Hmm. That's the shitty part about being an Ein Harrier, or however you pronounce it. Being a member of Odin's Hall is like, you get to fuck around for a while until Ragnarok, and then you die, but you know what? So does everything in the Norse universe. So yeah, at least you get to, at least you get to have a good light last night on not Earth on whatever realm it yeah. is in on Asgard. I don't know. Um, anyway, anyway, let's get to talking points. Let's talk some. Let's talk some shit about this. Let's talk about some meaty stuff. So, do you want to lead off, Doc, or shall I? I can. Um, 
So one of the things I thought was interesting this episode was, um, I guess it was Thorkel that was saying this um, when when they were talking to Ragnar and the prince and the priest about Christianity. And uh, they were actually talking among themselves, right? And, and mm-hmm. they're saying, oh, you don't want to do this because all they kind of do is tell you what you can and can't do, right? I mean, I know you get a lot of, there's a lot of virgin women or whatever, but they tell you, hey, don't do this thing. Um, and don't do that thing. And that's what you get. Uh, and I believe it's Thorkel, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, says that, well, one of the reasons that uh, Odin and Thor are better is because rather than focusing on how you live, it's all about uh, how you die, right? And the the manner of your death being worthy, at least for the warrior in Viking culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is quite similar to the uh, like the texts that I've studied on like um, Bushido and the way of the samurai and the Japanese warrior kind of philosophy, right? That the retainer is always looking for, hello, uh, boss, Dana boss. Um, That, uh, yeah, the retainer uh, of uh, samurai lord is always preparing for death and always looking where, uh, for for like a worthy battlefield. Now, there are differences Clearly, like when and and this is generalizing a lot, right? And I'm looking at an anime, and I'm looking at a couple of like books that I've read. Like the, um, I can never remember if it's Hakagure or Hagakure, but one of the two, right? The the book I've read about warrior philosophy <laughs> in Japan. But the Vikings, you know, they think about um, worthy deaths, but. As depicted in popular culture, they're very rowdy, boisterous. Uh, they they are, you know, heavy drinkers and they fuck around a lot. And, uh, you know, whereas the retainer of samurai would be much more reserved and there's a lot more self-discipline involved uh, and such. So there are differences. But, like, I feel like this commonality might be something that's really appealing um, mm-hmm. to... Uh, adherence of this old kind of uh, warrior way or that philosophy um, in some ways, just because it is so um, they, they put so much emphasis on kind of manner in which you die more so than uh, m- more so than conduct. Now to be sure, like the conduct of a, re- a samurai retainer is very important. There's a lot of, um, you know, sort of Confucian kind of like, Hey, uh, you you have these uh, formalities, these rules of conduct, and all that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. still, a worthy death being like really high on the priority list is really, really different than um, than the way we think about things in the modern West. Um, sort of. Mm. Whether or not we're Christian, right? We still have that intellectual heritage that um, that we kind of come from, and uh, death is, gosh, 
we could talk a lot about like contrasting the two different ways, but certainly we view it differently. And we mm-hmm. probably in this call ha- would have a, uh, our thoughts on it would be like, this is really stupid. Like, because once you die, you're dead and that's it. Like, Unless you get not... turned into a giant door. <laughs> right. It's not like this uh, bargaining <laughs> chip or whatever. It's not, uh, I mean, we, we, um, we just calculate things differently and, uh, you know, it's a really, it's an easy thing to say and a really broad point to make, but just this whole notion of uh, uh, kind of life lived in view of death and preparation for it. And like, again, trying to seek out a worthy way and place for it to happen mm-hmm. is one that I find really interesting and one that I I think it will be a shame to just totally like be like ah eh, fuck that dismissed like this is stupid because um, I think it's a lot more interesting and kind yeah. of fascinating to me anyway. Yeah, something I'll note in, in addition to what you just said there about uh, Farkel's desire to get to Valhalla is you might recall in the previous episode uh, Twilight I think it was in where there was discussion about the Age of War coming to an end because Britain has lost. Uh, like, the king is in exile in what is, at the time, or what we call France. So, maybe Farquhar himself also realises that, you know, his time as a warrior will come to an end soon anyway, whether he likes it or not. Because mm-hmm. getting into Valhalla, as I understand in, in Viking mythology, and Norse mythology, is predicated on a glorious death in combat, specifically. Yes. Uh, if there ain't no combat, there ain't no war, if there ain't any battles to fight, then mm-hmm. the door, well... The club's shut, you know, you're going to have to come back next week, basically. <laughs> so, in a funny way, like, the end, like, the Ragnarok and all that that's been discussed previously, like, time is running out for him to have his glorious death, like, to have his mm-hmm. thing. But that doesn't mean he also can necessarily, <clears throat> paradoxically, just let himself die in battle. Because then, ironically, he won't get in. Like, if he, you know, sandbags, I suppose, is the word you want to use. Right, and I I can't imagine Falkel sandbagging, by the way. So yeah, um, for me, like the way the manner in which one dies, um, and leads, you know, if that makes them having lived a good life or not, uh, as a comparison to the actual life itself, I don't think you can ever really untangle them. I don't think it's possible to like simply have lived a regular life and then suddenly have that bam moment, unless you're a stuntman, I suppose. But well, not everyone's a stuntman, uh, you know. Whoops, I fucked that stunt up, but hey, it was great. It looked fantastic on the reels afterwards. Um, so I think that, for me, like I think there's merits to both arguments, and I don't think that they're mutually exclusive either. But I think that Ragnar, and we'll discuss this later when we get to one of our patron questions, uh, I think that for all of his idiocy on the you know uh, micro level of handling the troops in uh, the Burning Forest, like, mm-hmm. hey, we're over here! Come find us! You know? Like, if, if obviously, if Ragnar was, like, you know, designing a Where's Wally book, it would just be Where's Wally and then a dog. It's and the, that's it. the, the Relina Peacecraft. You know? oh, I'm right over here, so come and kill me. You know, yeah, I'm right yeah. over here, so come and kill him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or take uh, him hostage and kill me. Yeah. He won't yeah. protest, he doesn't talk. Yeah, exactly. No, he would, you know, he's just a. Uh, do you, have any last, do you have any last words, Canute? Well, 
No? We can't we can't do start you talking, Canoe. Come on. Use your last words. Last words blink <laughs> blink some Morse code to us. <laughs> once, <laughs> once for tell my wife and kids I love them twice for take me now, you pricks. Uh <laughs> anyway, anyway. No, yeah, that, that is that is very fascinating. And like I think Ragnar has his eyes on the but he seems to have a better handle of the future as it will be post-war, which is about like you know living an actual life outside of conflicts and living it well. Right. Um, doesn't mean he's an idiot. Doesn't mean he can't fight because he does deflect that attack. You know, just uh, that comes out of the smoke. But I think that he is a man who has probably been born and raised to his station twenty year, twenty or thirty years too early. Mm. He's too far ahead of the curve to actually be useful right now, as it turns out. That's at least the way I see it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm assuming that he is, like, if he's not an adherent, he's at least playing the part of someone who is a Christian, right? As the caretaker of Canute, who seems to be devout. Mm -hmm. um, and Ragnar it seems to, like, really care about Canute getting to practice Canute's religion. Mm -hmm. So like yeah and and like like they were saying um Christianity is not really about finding a good place to die. It's about, you know, um living a certain way uh and helping other people and honoring God and that sort of thing. I mean, it is about looking to the future. It is about like looking to the afterlife, but like it's you know, the way you die sort of doesn't really matter in terms mm -hmm. of whether you get into the club. <laughs> it's all about how you live. Um, unless you're a father jack on the back of that, uh, you know, carriage, in which case it very much does matter how you die. From liver cirrhosis! Oh, Yay! that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, also, something to note, Ragnar, Ragnarok, he, you know, says that you're all oh. fashioned. He is the herald of the end times. It's a bit on no, blah, blah, blah. You get the point. All right. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to move on to my talking point now. Let's talk about those two, you know, red shirts who get, you know, skewered by all those Arrows Mask Lads men. And you might think, why on earth am I even bothering talking about them? They're just, as I say, two red shirts. You know, they're extras, basically, you know. Surprise, they even got lines. However, there's a point to all of this, I think, that ties in with Vinland Saga's overall idea of the stupidity and pointlessness of war, and in particular, how arbitrary it is. Because in the confusion sown by all of the forest fire, once these two men, who are on opposite sides, find each other and just try to collect their senses, the dividing line, the the hostility between them, you know, the understanding that he of friend and foe disappears. They instead recognize for a brief second the greater threat of not burning to death in a forest. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it made me realize that this is the moment where the show is saying again, all of this war that's happening is completely arbitrary, completely for no good fucking reason, and it's making men that would otherwise look out for each other and possibly even give a shit about each other hmm. murder the fuck out of each other. I mean, we've already seen Farkel, like, you know, work with the English against his own country. Like, the lines that people draw of their allegiances, don't forget about Thorfinn and Askeladd in particular are completely mm -hmm. arbitrary depending on their own desires and not sort of any grand plan or grand scheme other than, you know, their own selfish needs. 
And that moment was a microcosm of that, of how it affected even the little people who don't even get names and die in moments because they get, you know, shot down by Asgard's troops. So I thought that was a really, really nice small moment there, just to help reinforce and continue the theme of the show that's been presented as mm. far of, well, Edward Saar, basically. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, this is very good. Um, should I do the war, war never changes bit? <laughs> I've just done it. So. I was going to say, to be fair, the way the, the way this place looks, it really did look like it was out of Fallout seventy six. <laughs> Although totally aflame, well, on well, fire. The key, well, the, the the key well the key thing that made me realize it wasn't was there were actual people in it. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> Sorry, taking a shot off oh, Bethesda games is one of my great pleasures. It's so easy though. It really is easy these days. I know, like, this is like, you know, shooting fish in a barrel, except the barrel's the size of my house and I'm out of a fucking howitzer. They're just fish stacked, like, out of the water, just in a huge pile. You couldn't miss them. Yeah, it really is in in this way. Um, uh, I can go on to my next talking point if you'd like. Faux show. Sure. Okay. Um, m- most of mine are brief, and this one is as well. Uh, so I found really interesting, uh, and I believe it was Blinkaji in uh, our Discord who was wondering about uh, what we thought of Canute and Ragnar. And, you know, toward the end of the episode, Ragnar uh, seeing Thorfinn, you know, like, ah, oh, he's here to rescue the prince. Um, mm-hmm. But why, why, why does his highness never get to choose? Uh, and I, I found that uh, incredibly interesting. I found it very, very fascinating. Mm-hmm. And there's just things you could read into, I guess. Like, I, I'm so curious about their relationship, right? I mean, are we going to get what I feel like is really low-hanging fruit where... Ragnar's fucking him or whatever. I'm like, oh, the pedophilic Christian people. Oh, ho, ho, ho. like that's that's some that's some easy fucking dunking to happen. I hope that that's not the case. Um, Please you know, no. Then it would, you know, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and then we'd see, you know, the king with his own daughter again. If this is going to dip into the, you know, the the dark fantasy tropes. Uh, well, I hope I, I hope this do, is not. Do I have to? Do I have to do the double one now? Yeah, like yeah. That's one for you and for dual dual um, wield. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope this is not the case, but like, but it is some kind of like that he feels uh deep affection for him as a caretaker, as maybe like more of a father or parent than the king has been. You know, the king clearly feels like, yo. Son, you're weak and you suck. Uh, I hate you and I'm going to not have anything to do with you, really. And I hope that you die on some stray battlefield. I feel like the king just doesn't give a shit. Ragnar clearly does. And uh, has, I, I think, been... I, I don't, Well, I can't speculate on that. Whether or not Canute was into Christianity or whether or not like Ragnar helped facilitate that. Either way... Um, I think their potential relationship is really interesting. And I also think 
Um, now this is this is another one of those like doc. You're probably reading a lot into things, but so the fact that uh, Ragnar is very much focused on like uh, it, it, he brings up choice, right? Like, w- why doesn't His Highness get to choose? And I think you you could look at this as another kind of difference uh, mm. in the mindset of folks who kind of believe in the old mythology, which feels very, um, you know, we talk about all the cycles, right? It feels kind of deterministic. Things have their beginning, end. Uh, you want to die a glorious death because the end is coming no matter what, you you know, uh, everything is going to die. Um, it feels sort of like the, the culture, it, it feels like because of the brutal kind of nature of the environment they grew up in and kind of the war-torn land, mm-hmm. that there's way more emphasis on like, just know your role and do your part and way less emphasis on this kind of freedom. But, um, but I think Christianity is like fundamentally concerned with like human choices um both in terms of like mm. you know the end destination for the soul of a person and all just all of that like all kinds of different actions um and freedom of the will is a kind of a key component in christian theology so yeah that's me like overthinking things <laughs> and bringing <laughs> no bringing it's, it's in, fair yeah. it's fair it's fair um I suppose that now is probably actually a good time as any for us to cover Blinkardi's Patreon question, which I will read thusly. So okay. what do you guys think about Brad, I mean, sorry, Ragnar's relationship Brad? with... Yeah. Brad. I love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ragnar's relationship with Prince Kahoot. Uh, I'm going to avoid the very obvious play on words I could say there. Uh, I'll leave it to your, all your imaginations as to what that was. Here's the thing, right? Ragnar, as I've said before, seems to have a finger on the pulse that, you know, times they are changing as Bob Dylan once sung, you know, um, and that war will inevitably, you know, come to an end. Foolish notions of Valhalla and all that and trying to fight glorious death like four killers, like calling him a child, you know, saying he's old fashioned. That'll all eventually fade away. Uh, history, unfortunately, will prove him very, 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 very wrong. But, obviously, he doesn't know that. Um, but here's the thing, though, right? Um, I think that what Ragnar is trying to do with Canoe is that he is trying to prepare him to be a ruler for a post-war world, or a post-war Denmark, or Norway, or wherever it was. Which is, again, Christianity, you know, the religion of, uh, of penance, chastity... Uh, compassion and charity and all that. Hmm. Um, and I think that might be why he, you know, he's trying to shape him up to be that kind of leader that they will need going forward as opposed to one who's just simply being, you know, war-hungry for the sake of it. Um, you also did say something very interesting about how the Canute has no choice. Like, you know, why can't he choose? And... He just- yeah, got to go with this person and then go with that person. Yeah, mm-hmm. got to go yeah. as father and, sends them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, there may potentially be an interesting idea here. Because you remember what I said way back when about fourth and fours and how 
is it indeed this is referenced in this episode because um Forkel makes the comment that Thorfinn is strong like his father, and it's no surprise because of that, even mm-hmm. though we all know intellectually that that makes little difference beyond well the fact that he you knows genetics play a part because obviously you know he's not like you know got wet feet or anything like that as far as I know uh but Thorfinn's like yeah. skill and talent is something he learned on his own because the situation demanded it. And yet, the shadow of his father, both as his legacy and the potential person he might become again as a, as a warrior, rather than the person he wants to be, an explorer, hangs over him. How does this tie into Canute? Well, think of it. He was born into royalty. He cannot choose, because how can one choose when they're born with expectations so high already placed on top of them? How do you? I'd say you don't. Um, but that being said, there is a Roman emperor whose name will lose me right now, who basically, after fixing most of the empire's problems at the time he's in, he retired to go farm cabbages, so maybe I'm talking shit. That's actually true, by the way. It was in a Sean video, shout out to Sean, by the way, uh, when he was talking about the Roman Empire. Uh, I don't remember the name of said emperor, but it's true. Uh, so, again, maybe that could be a thing there. Um... But yeah, I think that the relationship is that he's trying to mentor um, Canute into being a post-war leader um, mm. while the war is going on. And that's why, you know, everyone's all like, Ooh, what the fuck's the prince doing? Like, he's shit. He's terrible. And I'll grant them, right in that particular moment, yes, but that's because only because he's being groomed, and I'm not talking that way, I'm talking in, like, you know, as in to, re- to be a leader, for a different kind of world that will follow after... Well, you know, the events of the war. You know, this is a great point um, that didn't cross my mind, but I, I, you're so right because in in times of peace, like the, you know, the, the a common culture, you know, could really bring people together. And mm-hmm. if, if Christianity begins to spread over the nation, right? And, and, all the fucking Viking Odin people die off because they kill each other. <laughs> and then Christianity really takes hold of, you know, England, Norway, other places. Like, and you have a sort of high priest figure, someone who has like favor with God. Mm-hmm. Like, other people that don't are going to be fucked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, after all, uh, Rome became a kinder, kinder and gentler place when uh, one of the Christian emperors first, first Christian emperor came around. Constantine. Uh, Constantine, yeah. Because mm-hmm. up until that point, you know, they decided that, you know, Christians were like, um, how do I put this politely? Uh, torches? Like Human torches? Ste- no, uh, like, you know, buffalo steaks be fed to lions. Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and lions and, I mean, them priests, man. You know, it could be like, as has been shown numerous times mm-hmm. throughout history, like religion and power, like, uh, politics, you know, they they make really comfy bedfellows, and they go well together yeah. and intermingle, and it becomes kind of hard to tell one from the other. And you could it could be a powerful tool. And if Ragnar is like sort of this forward thinking, you know, in, in this way, so so I really focused on how he feels about Canute. But if, as you say, like he is thinking about um, kind of the the future of uh, the nation and. Uh, his people and that's things like that. So, like that's yes. quite brilliant. Um, yeah. Diocletian. Okay, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. Now that I remember, now that I'm a name, the, the one who sounds like you know a brand of air freshener. <laughs> Diocletian, it gets you clean. 
Yeah. Son. It'll, 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 <laughs> it'll restore the spell of your home like it restored the Holy Roman Empire. With new, really... <laughs> you know, Diocletian in four great sense, you won't be able <laughs> to tell that this home has pets or smokers. Be the emperor of your own home. <laughs> Some <laughs> shit like that. Uh, anyway, anyway, moving away from those jokes. Let's, so yeah, no, um, I'm, I I am in agreement with you. And uh, by the way, thank you, Blinkaji, for throwing that question. We would normally say patron questions at the end, but I think that it's reasonable to bring it up now, given it was very close to the topic that you pointed out there. Uh, if you are, of course, interested in asking questions of us as we watch the show, uh, why not consider becoming a patron for as little as, was it 2 $3 again? I, can, I really should have to, $3, thank you. $3 per month, you can get in our Discord, ask us questions of any stripe, be it, you know, serious philosophical discussions, or you can just ask us who's best boy, and we'll answer them. You know? We Although appreciate we all, best, all we won't, types. We won't, answer, we won't answer best girl, though, because that's obviously Ilya. You know, Ilda. I mean, yeah, come the fuck I mean, on, guys. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, despite her uh, lack of screen time, she sits high on the throne of best girl of Vinland Saga, ruling over all. Untouched. There haven't, been, there haven't been many in the Middle East, to be fair. So yes, it's a small, um, it's a sparse kingdom, <laughs> for sure. Indeed. All right. Next talking point from me. So let's talk about fire, and let's talk about autumn. Uh, so, like the, <laughs> so the you know the whole idea I've seen thus far of Finland Saga, it's been contrasting like you know the land that people live in. Uh, versus the warfare that consumes it. I mean, we've seen the ruins of the Roman Empire, for example. We've seen all the dreams of Finland that have been there. Uh, you know, Asgard torching villages and all that. Like, beautiful scenes and vistas that are just polluted and corrupted even by violence and bloodshed. And what could be more appropriate a symbol of that than the fires of war literally consuming the land as it dies around them? I mean, that fits in with the whole Ragnarok thing previously. Mm -hmm. yeah, and that will yeah. then lead to... A, and then, of course, we'll have winter. But as I say, though, like, now that we've got a very seasonal tie-in here, we have a cycle. So if this ties into the events of the show, I think that things are going to go real south real fast, even though they've got Canute here now. But that's when, you know, things will improve after that point. But yeah, like, you cannot, I think, make it more clear visually of what Finland Saga is about than how... The land itself, like, you know, provides great opportunity for peace and, you know, fulfillment and warmth and comfort. But we just can't stop fucking killing each other. Um, and, you know, that's represented literally by the fire devouring the forest. A tactic which, while effective for gaining the prince back, let's not lie here. I don't know, you could have possibly done it differently. Uh, I wouldn't. I would not call it an absolute, you know, last. Like we have no choice but to burn this whole forest down. Thing, you know. Right. I think Smokey Bjorn had some things to say about Smokey that. Smokey Bjorn. Uh, do Do you think? Uh, so so you're you're saying that while the natural kind of cycle is ending, like that, human oh, beings are. No, are, I, I have to disrupt. I have to disrupt. Big, big seven-legged spider is here. Oh no! Oh no! He's he's found his way to he or she. They found the ah! Oh my fuck! Look at it! Oh there my he is. Jesus! <laughs> Holy shit! Also, I apologize for people seeing my socks there. That was unfortunate. That's but yeah, enormous. <laughs> Our, so, does he, he needs to be 
What's captured. He <laughs> He's incredible. like, Oi, I was blushing. I heard someone talking about me. Yoink! <laughs> Got him. Right, he's going nowhere. Whew. Wow. Uh, well, I can't Andy... believe that he fucking turned up on stream after I said Jesus it Christ. That's incredible. Uh, you might have been late, Andy, uh, but I recently posted on Twitter a picture of a giant seven-legged spider freak that appeared in my home. Uh, mm -hmm. And I joked earlier on the stream that this spider was going to return. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Thorkel of spiders. Uh, and, and was going to appear on my shoulder. And he just literally wandered right the fuck in like he's a house cat. That's incredible. So, but yeah, I, I have him trapped under a pint glass now anyway, so he's going nowhere. I will make sure he's taken outside. I'm not going to kill him because spiders are cool. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure your home doesn't become like the bathroom and um, infinite jest of the punter. It's just filled with uh, all these cups that have insects in them because he I'm doesn't so want to stupid. touch them. <laughs> I literally uh, cannot believe that little fucker just walked right in. And, and amazing. Just like, I'm, it, honestly, like that's literally like he's got the spirit of a cat inside him. I'm gonna need, uh, I'll call him Thorkel. Like, like Worth Thorkel's here. Yeah. <laughs> Worth keeping around. Oh, uh, what a lad. Anyway, uh, let's carry on. Yeah. Yeah, what, what, uh, oh, so I was saying, so you're positing that, uh, you have the natural cycle that is, uh, ending, um, mm -hmm. you know, as reflected by autumn, but that we are kind of speeding things up, our own destruction, re the fire, and mm -hmm. that's, sort of, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm behind this. See, right. Uh, right. That's not much to really ever say. Again, I think it's very apparent from that, but mm -hmm. I will also add, by the way, that apparently people, people quote unquote I don't know these specific individuals I've read that apparently some people have opinions on Vinland Saga the manga that it betrays them quote unquote by eventually moving away from being about awesome Viking warfare to what is going to be a farmland story I mean I kind of guessed that was coming uh, huh. here's the here's the thing right I've never read Vinland Saga the manga I've only the only things that I know about it are the episodes I have watched so I have to ask this, like, how the fuck do you miss the incredibly obvious messages the show puts out, like, slavery bad, do we have free will versus determinism, you know, the land itself versus the consuming nature of warfare, all this shit is here, but then again, maybe that speaks to the problem I said previously about how you've got to be careful about making things a bit too awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all really enjoyed Askeladd, you know, doing, like, that off-road boating and all that but maybe that was too good and too effective and therefore it caused people to miss the point. It still doesn't help in the anime when it's out of order, by the way, because as I say, it would serve better as an introduction to get people hooked, but then tear that down as opposed to, dude, bro, Askeladd's totally going <laughs> off the rails. I mean... <sighs> oh, Thorkel's losing his shit. He's trying to get out from the pint glass. Sorry, Thorkel. If he, you know, you better be careful though. I mean, his namesake was quite strong, so he could he could fuck that glass up. You never know. He's um, really losing his shit. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so I guess, I mean, there have been some cool moments in the mm -hmm. combat, but like, just like the Berserk. 1997 anime, I feel like... Oh, if I were going to say 2016, because no. the CG is almost as stiff, I'm not going to Oh, lie. no. But it's not all CG, though. No. Which is I mean, can I just point something out? 
when Farkel's like murdering his way through like you know uh, all the various soldiers, he decapitates one particular guy whose head comes to life, but the guy has absolutely no expression. Just imagine, like, if you photoshop my head now and started having it spin through the air. But what if you didn't see it coming, though? It, honestly, like, it's just, it's just like his reaction was, Oh, God! Why? I had things to do tonight! I had to no, you, go get my I had to go get my girlfriend a birthday card and some flowers yeah. and now my head's been cut off. This is so rude. I don't approve of this whatsoever. Like is that I mean what the fuck? You I, stained my new boots. <laughs> uh so I, I but like like Berserk ninety seven, right? Um we when we reviewed that on our podcast, which you can find on SoundCloud, Apple Pods, wherever you get your podcasts, Google Play. Uh, except Spotify, we're not on Spotify. Griffith did everything reasons. wrong. Thank you very he much. He did a lot. He did many, many, many things wrong. But so, like in that show, like I, I think we were like the combat's cool, but it's not really because of the combat itself. It's because the characters are so fascinating, and it's just mm-hmm. like a, a vehicle to show them off and have them have interactions with each other, and like. I kind of feel this way about Vinland Saga. Like, I mean, it's fun, but like the the combat, but I haven't just, it's not like it's this incredible sort of redline-esque, you know, whoa, just looking at it is amazing. You know, it's like, it's, and maybe it's different in the manga when you, when you see all the awesome detailed pictures and the stills of, of, um, you know, the death and dismemberment, you, you grow to kind of want that over time. But uh, I'd be fine with it transitioning away from this as long as we continue to have this intense focus on the players in the story, you know, because mm. I think they're chiefly what's interesting here. And I would I would love to see some of the big wartime, uh, you know, figures like I, I hope some of these people that want to careen toward their own death survive and we have to see them cope. Mm in a world of peace. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm in agreement. Um, how for, What Forkel is going to fucking do with the rest of his days, I have no idea, because I can't imagine him doing anything after, like, a lifetime of warfare. I mean, what's he, what's he going to do? Like, you know, be a lumberjack? Well, technically he already is, I suppose, because yeah. he's cleaving trees in half anyway. I urge you to watch D.D. Hokuto no Ken. And you can you can have ample fodder for. Are you familiar with D.D. Hokuto Ken? I oh. know of it. Okay. Hurry up. I'm listening. Yep. So uh, it <laughs> Thorkel the spider is uh, rowdy. Um, yeah. Thorkel so the spider is right here. <gasps> Look, at this. Look at this bastard! Absolute <laughs> unit, as you say. Got him. God. Uh, what a legend! Uh, uh, all right, pop you down here for the moment, lad. <laughs> There we go. So, uh, yeah, the D.D. Ken is all about the fucking, you know, characters of Fists of the North Star, which is a universe that is incredibly violent, uh, having to live in modern society and, you know, do things like work construction and, you know, serve as like a receptionist for a business. It's endless hours Wait, of did you comedy. say did you say receptionist in Hokusono Ken? 
D.D. Hokunokin. Yeah, all the characters have to survive in modern society. The uh, the trick is in that show, the a nuclear apocalypse never happened, but all the characters in the anime are basically living in the modern world with their exact same personalities, and they have wow. to cope. <laughs> so they have to just live in in this, and it's it's really funny. It's incredibly fun. So you know, Rao as works construction. It's really good. <laughs> It's really worth seeing. Um, uh, so you, they could see- do that. <laughs> Kenshiro's a receptionist, like yeah. Askeladd could be, you know, he could be a be, you know, have his own little shock, farm. Shock jock. Like- <laughs> shock jock radio. <laughs> oh. This is Askeladd. Na na na. Point eight FM. With my buddy Bjorn spinning the shrooms and <laughs> the wax, like put on another club hit. So that we can all do shrooms together, Big Bear. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, that's you know I don't share their complaint. I, I bet I'm not a long time reader of the manga. I would love to have Mark at Vermillionaire uh, three uh, tell us, please. Someone get a hold of Mark. And see if he shares this sentiment. He's been a long time reader of the manga. And he's a friend of the pod. So um mm. uh so the another point that I had, Shadon, uh, was that um so were you surprised? I guess I guess it's not really that surprising. It's a pretty simple observation, like most of the things I've said this episode, but like so um, you know, ask aloud and co are only about a hundred men, right? And they mm-hmm. did they did not join up with the four hundred of Ragnars so that they could be on e- even numbers uh, with Thorkel's men five hundred versus five hundred because uh, the victory would mean nothing, and this definitely like I we haven't really seen in this show. A group, at least we haven't followed closely, in my opinion, a group that is loyal to the king. You know what I mean? So you could have like a group that's like, yes, like I don't care if we get the glory or we get noticed. Like the important thing is to have like King Swain have his son back or King Swain's land increase or, you know, the Norman kingdom expand. But mm-hmm. well, Ragnar's one of those loyal people, but. Uh... He also did admittedly say that I like, think the king was probably talking about his ass with his plans. I mean, right, right. I mean, King Say was basically like, we're going to go fight and get more land because we can. Uh, even though he himself like looks like he's, you know, spent one too many, you know, times getting the Krispy Kreme 12-pack to himself. <laughs> Speaking as a guy himself who's a bit on the ch- chunky side, I can make those jokes, so fuck it. <laughs> Oh, no one home? I guess I have to eat all these donuts by my lonesome. I, the king. <laughs> so, uh, no, but, like, I, I just think, yeah, like, parsing out kind of what Askeladd, and Askeladd in particular, wants. You know, as we said last time, you know, he seems to be fixated on... I think Falkel's trying to attack me. Because every time I move this glass, he just moves, like, looks right at me. Oh, mm-hmm. man, he's got fangs as well. Holy shit. He's not intimidated. Do not do not fuck with this spider. No. This spider will fuck you up if, you do, if you're if you not careful. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 
basically this could very well be my last podcast because I'll end up just having a. <laughs> Please be careful I mean, we've, when we've, you. We've we've all seen Alien, haven't we? We all. Although, have. hey, maybe. Hey, maybe, you know, next time I do the podcast, I could be doing it from the walls and stuff. Maybe he's radioactive. I can hope. Oh, man. Just please be he's... careful when you relocate him. Please. Take all care. Dude is pissed. Wear gloves. <laughs> I, I uh, eat tongs. Yeah. Well, that would work, really, because I'd need to have something to hold the paper. But anyway, carry on. No, just so so we talked about Askeladd, uh last week being uh hyper fixated on the end of the cycle uh mm-hmm. he is you know he's reading into this whole business of last judgment and ragnarok sort of they're intertwining in his mind and he's like well the present age is coming to an end whatever it is the cycle is ending so i need to like obtain glory for myself and here you have it uh you know underscored in this episode when he says, look, Bjorn, we could have been on even footing against them, but that would do me no good. I'm not interested in... Uh, well, maybe he himself wants to in Valhalla much the same as Falkel does. Exactly. Falkel, yeah. and, Falkel or, and, you know, makes it hard yeah. for himself. And as you say, uh, Senpai noticed me. He wants the king. You know, maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he's not uh, concerned w- solely with dying well. Maybe he's like, you know what? Before this fucking war ends, I want to be in the king's debt so that afterwards I can Which have Which is why a... I decide to fight against his forces and help the British. Not the uh, smartest move Farkel's ever made. Well, I'm talking about Askeladd. Oh, in that case, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I, I want to have, I want to be in the king's uh, good graces so I can live long and have a fat plot of land and servants and not have to, you know, maybe that's the kind of. Maybe he sees the cycle ending as in like the age of war, and he's like, "I want to be set up for peace." Maybe he's not so much concerned with dying well. Who knows? Although he has spoken of his own death to Thorfinn, so I mean, it could be a bit of both. But I just found it, yeah, again, uh, really, really interesting to think about, like where he's coming from, uh, because he is very—he's f- fixated on glory uh, and achieving glory through a more difficult feat. I mean, mm. he has well. Up to the skill level, up the difficulty level uh, considerably for himself, despite, you know, his tactical nous being <laughs> greater than those 400 idiots of Ragnar's. Askeladd must die mode, engage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, um, he did say as well, though, like in a more pragmatic and practical sense that, you know, he is uh, a pirate and his men are pirates. So once they've served their purpose he can rightly foresee the king saying, well, you know what, you're a liability now because you're going to start pillaging and plundering our villages as opposed to the enemies. So... But I love you, my lord. I saved your son. Look, here. I I have loyalty to you. You did save my son, but you didn't bring me a pack of Krispy Kreme back from the shop. <laughs> and for that, you must die. <laughs> my dog has outlived his usefulness. Yeah. Fuck, man. It's just, it's so interesting. So, yeah, I mean, he just is a, he's, whatever reason he wants the glory, he wants the glory. The glory is more important to him than fucking uh, the assured accomplishment of this task. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, like Bjorn said, like, he's really trusting in Thorfinn a lot. I mean, Thorfinn's still just like a kid. He's 17, 16, something like that. And he's like, well, you go get the prince back, you know. 
there's no grand plan. There's no nothing besides. I mean, they set the fire, but like, but that's it. Thorfinn still has to run in there and fight a bunch of people that are, you know, double his age and size. That's mm-hmm. that is a lot of trust, and so so this is where I think like maybe originally Askeladd wanted Thorfinn to die and didn't care. But as the years have gone on and he sought to rely on him more and more and maybe even subconsciously, now he's like, much like Guts served Griffith, he, he became an integral part of Griffith's plan such that when, mm-hmm. when Guts left, Griffith had snapped and tr- well and truly fucked himself over by fucking someone else. Um, oh. And like, so I think Thorkel, I'm sorry, not Thorkel, Thorfinn, too many Thors. Thorfinn, I think, is has begun to, if not already, like play the same role, be, be as important to Askeladd. He really does trust him now, whether or not he wants to say that. Bjorn knows it. Bjorn has sniffed it out. And if mm-hmm. once if Thorfinn were to leave, I mean, think about just in the show how many missions have been accomplished because of Thorfinn. Like Askeladd's, you know, core would be significantly. He's literally saved Askeladd's life. Yep. Yep. Like you know, like never mind Askeladd talking about when he's going to die. If Thorfinn hadn't been there, and assuming events had played out the same, he would be dead. That's factually true. Yeah. And to answer Botha's question directly, and I know we're on a delay, so maybe she feels I've already answered it, but I, I think it, the, the percentage split may have been a certain way at the beginning. Like it might have been want him to die 80, trust him 10 or 20. And now I think it's reversed. I think, I think he is reliant on him in a very deep way now. Um, and I think he would be distressed if he died. I think he would be well and truly fucked uh, because he has begun to build plans around him and his skill. So I believe he trusts him, and that's why he keeps dangling the carrot in front of him to keep him around. Hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I mean, if nothing else, like if you want to be cold about it, he has, as you say, been very effective. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that he was asked to do, with the exception of killing Forkel, uh, and he certainly did better than you might have expected, like, he's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, apart from killing Askeladd himself, of course, but... Well, I mean, at, at this point, he's fucking achieved the impossible. No one else could have got the prince. I mean, and that's not to say Thorfinn got him be- solely because he was an incredible warrior. He did have luck on his side because he's Thor's son. And Thorkel, he wounded him before, and he and Thorkel have this history, and that's part of why he let him go, I think, and on and on. But still, he was the only one that could have done it. Mm. No one else in the whole army could have done that. I mean, Bjorn, if he had had enough mushrooms, could have probably just walked straight through that fire. <laughs> Sorry, pick, I forgot about pick, that. Pick Canute <laughs> up, thrown him over his shoulders, and just started running back, rugby tackling people out of the way, like. You know, full American football linebacker. Uh, that's fair. I forgot about this. You're correct. <laughs> Smokey the Beyond. Okay. Well, what is your what is your talking point now? Your final one? Uh, no, I'm done. Actually, that's all I have to say. Okay. Um, 
The only other thing I have to say is there's some incredible smug Askeladd expressions. We should all they you know they are they are the the sleeper uh uh the sleeper pick the the hidden gem in this episode. Most people are going to solely key in on those Thorkell expressions, and those I almost, are. I've got to say, I almost made a horrific mistake. I wanted to do the leading Thorkell like expression, but you might remember there's the class of the giant spider there. Oh yeah, uh, don't know, please. Yeah, let's not have that happen. No, I don't want. I don't want you to have to whip out the you know technical difficulties sign for the first time ever on this podcast, uh, as I'm just like you know still screaming into the microphone because you've not muted it. <laughs> oh please, no, it's not happen. But the the Thorkell expressions are the high draft pick. They are the the shiny bauble that everyone's going to see. But don't don't sleep on the incredible smug Askeladd expressions in this episode. They are great. Uh, but that's I, th- I think that's all we had to say for discussion um, what uh, what do you have as a rating for this episode well do you want to check the polls first let's go and check oh, how okay. they're doing yeah I, we can update our polls let me hit the old refresh uh, here's the polls for episode 11 Gamburu Kake um, poll number one does Valhalla sound like a good deal Shadon said this earlier. I made it a poll. Uh, 100% of our audience says, no thanks, Odin. <laughs> what? None of them say, what? sign me up. <laughs> free, free booze and bad. But you have to die also. Then, then, then again, then again, like, I think we're getting clear at this point. Like, my morality is completely like, you know, at 90 degrees to most people. So I'm just going to roll with it. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, shit. Poll two, does the priest see visions or is he simply a booze hound? And 67% of our audience said booze hound. Uh, agreeing with, with your take, Shadon. So you're one and one. Uh, oh, finally. And a, a glorious poll that we've done here. Poll number three, did Askeladd in fact start the fire? Um, there are, our votes are split. said it's been always burning. Another 40% said since the world's been. And 20% said turning. Duh. Those are the polls. Thank you very much for taking part in those. Uh, Feel free to resweet them, get them out there. Um, There are no wrong answers on the third poll, but I'm very curious to see your thoughts on the others. Um, Anyway, just to answer your question very quickly, uh, boss, uh, our final given podcast, which you may all want to know about as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a special, like, uh, retrospective on the entire show's run, because we did our most recent one, uh, which was still for patrons only at this time, in which we gave our thoughts on the final episode, but only on that and not the show, you know, as a wider thing. Uh, so we'll be uh, doing that with Anthony from, is it CBR, if I remember correctly? Um, Anthony um, Gramulia of many places. Um, I actually deliberately bade you into saying certain <laughs> things. I didn't feel comfortable saying it myself. <laughs> uh, so he writes, I think, most prolifically for CBR uh, about anime and comic books, but he has bylines at Anime Feminist, Screen Rant, The Mary Sue, among other places. Uh, I first saw Anthony's work uh, on the Anime Feminist when he wrote a really, really great piece about um, Go For It Nakamura, the uh, one-shot manga. Oh, there we go. He's alive. And uh, yeah, so he'll be joining us. I don't think this is going to be a live stream, though. None of our given stuff thus far has been. Um, yeah. 
I think this is just going to be a podcast and it will it is being recorded this Friday. So if mm-hmm. any folks in chat are members of the Discord, you can get your questions in. Uh, if you are a tier scythe master member or above, you can ask those questions. Uh, go to patreon.com slash watery show. Check it out. But um, it, I don't know if it will be posted on Friday. Usually the given podcasts have been, but that one may take longer. I don't really know, but we'll get it out as soon as we can we'll, after Friday. We'll, we record. we'll see. Uh, I'll be handling the editing of it anyway, so I'll make sure I get out as quickly as we possibly can. Anyway, uh, we'll now rate the episode. So episode 11, A Gamble. I'm going to go first on this one. I'm not going to lie. Like Something I haven't really mentioned at this point is that the pacing of the show has slowed considerably since the earlier episodes. I mean, we had the build-up to Thor's death, and then we've had the, you know, will Thorfinn actually kill Askeladd this week or not thing, which, you know, were this a lesser work, could have been its own recurring gag joke like some sort of bad soap opera. Uh, but the previous episode, as fun as it was, uh, I felt was lacking in some of the more thematic elements of, of the earlier ones. This one brought them back, as I said, in the talking points we had, but it still feels like we're killing time a little bit until things really kick into motion. Hmm. Like, so, not the best Finland Saga episode, but certainly one with plenty of great little moments. I mean, I've, I loved all of Farkel's stuff, like, as always. Like, he arguably is possibly one of the more perfunctory characters in terms of acts, actual, like, definitive narrative necessity. But I can't deny he's a fantastic character to watch throughout. He's great fun. And, and as I say, like, you know, we've got more stuff going on with uh, Aslan and such. Canute continues to be, well, Canute. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry that I said Kamut. that. Yeah. Oh, woof. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, and I'm really, like, at the point now where I'm like, right, next fucking episode, say something, for God's sake. Can we, can we get on with this? That's the thing that's frustrating now. Like, we've met this character, we've got some ideas of who they are and what they might be about but I really want the plot to start kicking into high gear again here I want things to continue on um, mm-hmm. because at this point it feels like Thorfinn's like whole the, the main plot of Thorfinn Warrior Revenge against Asgard seems to have taken a little bit of a back step mm-hmm. so yeah all in all a better episode than the previous one uh, but I want things to pick up back towards more of the standard of the previous episodes to start kicking into high gear again for that reason, I will give this episode four out of five Kingdom of Heaven IPA kegs. Because you know, you know full well, whatever that priest has got, that's some homebrew shit right there. That is some, that is some microbrewery you know stuff. Yes, yes. Oh, well, um, I actually like this episode um, a great deal more than last week's. Um, and upon reflection last week's, again, I don't think it was bad. Um, you know, when we talked about it, it felt like there was more, more there than we kind of both originally thought. Um, and, uh, people making puns in the, in the chat are making me laugh. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I, I still think this one is, uh, significantly better. I really liked the way it was uh, laid out, there was stuff going on that was interesting. I felt like we learned more about the characters um, with their, or, or at least uh, 
how do I say it? Like got to spend time with some of them a little bit more. And that's always good. Um, mm. I feel like Thorkel, Thorfinn, Ragnar, uh, even Canute, um, I felt like this episode did those characters good uh, for me. And yeah, I'm super curious to see, you know, how it continues to go. Uh, I don't really mind the pace of this particular episode. So um, I am going to give this one uh, four and a quarter uh, long range sniper targeted uh, javelins out of five. <laughs> Falkel invented the first cruise missile. <laughs> he did. He did. Uh, yes. The, the sniper rifle we originally called the Thorkel rifle before, you know, the Normans were conquered and their technology renamed. You know, by the way, that the guy that he snipes with that only had two days left until retirement. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, the poor secretary of... Uh, of Elfin Lee. <laughs> Man. Falkel the spider looks tired now. Good. He wore himself out. <laughs> he's still he's still kicking out, but I will make sure folks still let him out into the back garden I have. I'm not going to kill him or anything. No. I'm not that yeah. stupid. Yeah. Uh, but I can't, I'm still stunned. I still cannot believe it. And the best bit is I only recognized him because he had seven legs, as I noted before on the picture. I'm not going to have a stream moment like that again until I get an actual fucking pet, so I suppose I should probably get on that, shouldn't I? <laughs> you should do. I, I I would welcome a Shadon pet. Are you, do you gonna... Are you thinking about purchasing a pet? Yes, but not in the immediate future, because I've I got see. decorating to do first. So it would probably be a bit unfair to have like you know a cat wandering around and then the whole place is covered with dust and shit. Uh, but yes, that will happen eventually, along with a brand new streaming setup in my living room once that's been decorated. But that won't be until late October. Uh, so you've got to put with me here, unfortunately, in the spare bedroom uh, with the complete mess of things that are over here. Uh, I mean, people like, you know, with OCD about, like, you know, cleaning up probably are looking at my camera feed right now and probably, you know, screaming, right, kill bald anime critic prick. <laughs> like that. Slowly. Uh, I'm curious if this is where you where you start to turn against the show. By the way. No, I still like... Come on, I gave the show four out. I gave the episode four out of five. This is not going the way of Frank's, where I started off happy and then went very, very sour on it very, very fast. It's a precipitous and fast drop. <laughs> yeah, that, that show really wore my patience out. Like, even beyond yeah. before it started getting into some of the more heinous shit it was culpable of, like, the problem with Frank's was that it immediately started failing to, like, build proper tension. Yeah. Um, whereas here, you know, okay, Thorfinn is like, you know, basically, you know, master assassin, you know, he's turned into Ezio from Assassin's Creed 2 or some shit at this point. Right. I mean, he's trying to avenge his father like Ezio mm -hmm. did, let's be fair here. Um, but there's more interesting stuff going on in the wider world as opposed to it being simply segmented episodes, which are about shit you don't care about. Uh, furthermore, there's no nakedly transparent like anime fan service bullshit that I'm currently turning very sour on. I mean, for people who uh, have not listened to our Given 11 podcast at this point, oh, because they're not patrons or because it's not part of them, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I had some very, very savage things to say about the state of anime in general that's targeted at people like me who are cis because, as I quote on that one, 
We all just get fed fucking pig slurry. Let's not lie. Really is that kind of shit. But yeah, like, no, this this show is still great. Uh, it's not without its flaws, mind you, at this arguably almost halfway point. Um, and I think some of the adaptational choices are a bit wonky. I think some of the technical elements are a bit wonky. But on the whole, when it's when it's hit, it's hit really hard. It's punching up with the best of them. And that's what I think is more than my problem, is I wish it was like that all the way through. Yeah, it's at a high bar. Yeah, which is not to say what we're seeing right now is bad, per se. Absolutely not. It just doesn't quite meet its own standards. Mm -hmm. Anyway, anyway, that concludes our discussion of episode 11, A Gamble. Mm -hmm. And it certainly paid off, like, you know, for the creators of the show. It's not, you know, nothing sketchy or risky about this one. Uh, it didn't turn out like, you know, that uh, <laughs> Canute suddenly, you know, had like Hadoukens or something like that. Although, maybe that would be funny to watch. But yeah, anyway. Not a, um, not a giant pachinko machine cutting off your hand or some shit. Oh, God. Can you, can, can you imagine this made by Konami? <laughs> oh, fuck. Let's not think about that. But anyway, <clears throat> thank you, everyone, as always, for joining us on these live streams. I really appreciate all of your company and all this good stuff you brought to chat, both in educating us and also some genuinely great wit. So thank you for that. Uh, mm-hmm. I will again mention that if you want to be at the cutting edge of War Show content, uh, do feel free to become a patron for as little as $2 a month. You access to stuff like Discord, so you can chat with me, Doc, or Vargelia directly. You can ask questions uh, of the shows we're covering as we cover them. Uh, you'll get access to patron-exclusive content, such as, uh, which is still remaining patron-locked by Akikin coverage. 55 minutes of me, t- you know, sounding like I've got my balls in a vice. Uh, so yeah, you can get on that. Or you can even request us to cover certain shows if you're at the max rank uh, subscription level. Uh, you can request us to cover bad shows or good shows. No porn, please. You know, I mean, I get, f- I, you know, it's all well and good watching other people get fucked, but I mean, I already get fucked li- watching bad shit as it is anyway, so please don't give me any more of it. Um, so yeah, do definitely consider that. If you're listening to this on iTunes, YouTube, or SoundCloud, please feel free to like and subscribe you know, hit the bell and all that on whatever social you may be listening to as it helps our discoverability. Uh, and if you've got any feedback, of course, uh, we're always more than happy to hear it. Hit us up at Twitter at WarriDesho or at WarriDesho at gmail.com if you want to send us something a bit longer. Uh, otherwise, from myself, uh, from Doc, and from Forkel the Spider, who I will now set free into the wild, uh, thank you all again very much. I hope you all have a wonderful evening, as we're often very fond of saying on this podcast. Embrace to everyone, to the ends of the universe. Good night. Good night.